Welcome to episode 73 of the Graveyard Shift Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon, and with me as always is my co-host, Mike. Boo, everybody! Ugh, really? What? It's like nearly Halloween, and, you know, we are recording after midnight. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, whatever. Well, lucky for me, I've got lots of beer to get me through this episode. Ooh, what you drinking? Oh, I've got an awesome one, man. It's called Golden Gremlin. It's... Oh. Dude, that looks good. Can you, like, can you like pass me one? <sighs> but then I'm only going to have five. Uh, uh, you know what? All right, fine. Here. <laughs> oh, no, don't throw it at me. I'm bad at sports. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. It's all over me. Freaking shit. Beer. <sighs> well, at least I smell okay. Uh, oh, fuck. What? Did you cut yourself? What's happening? No. Pain. There's something growing. Uh, it's like something's trying to burst out of me. Uh, wait, wait, why are you taking your clothes off? Stop. It hurts. It hurts. Oh. Uh, what the fuck? Did you just shit on the floor? I don't, I don't know. Did I? I mean, fuck, it never looked like that before. Oh, God. I, I need it... to get a mop or something. Wait, is it stirring? What is that? Oh my fuck, it's alive. Tits! Did it just say credits? What? what? What's what? what's happening? Every issue, first to last, front to back. Oh my fuck, is it like a, a little me? This week, we watched... Dude, it's saying, like, all your little catchphrases. Oh, wow. This is... This is, uh... Wow, I want... Hey, hey, little guy, are you... Are you, are you hungry? You okay under that dust, John? Come on, big boy, get to work. Oh, my God, it's a Mike one. Gosh. It's so cute. I want to keep it. Can we keep... I want to keep it. Keep it. Keep it away from me. Hey, little guy. Um, you know, how about we get you a little bite, and then we can wash off all that stuff off of you and and uh you know we'll, we'll see about getting you a name or something okay uh, so, so you want some uh uh you want some of this candy and this is where i cut my teeth up skittles can i have some hey sure little guy dig in <laughs> oh wait a fuck this is after midnight <laughs> oh shit what's happening i i i don't i he's not so cute and tiny anymore fuck oh shit we got we got uh, okay we uh we got your props around here uh, uh dude weapon, we uh, gotta kill this thing kill okay, it kill uh, it you, Mike, you got your kill indiana it. jones whip oh my i should have used a weapon i had you know some idea how to use okay uh hold still ow mike fuck i'm sorry again um shit that, that proton pack of yours doesn't work right it's a halloween prop mike no it doesn't work i don't have a real proton pack well neither does your fucking whip <sighs> time for my kill of the week <laughs> gamer needs food badly let's go Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Taste Test Halloween 2018 Grab Bag. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me is Spooky Ivan. And special guest, Sheldon from the Graveyard Shift. 
Hello. And not joining us is Brandon because it's weed legalization day in Canada and he's probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> or at least sleeping. Yeah. Dead asleep for sure. Yep. Trick or treats are going to be very interesting in Canada this Halloween. <laughs> oh my god the the good house that always gives out the best treats is not going to be handing out like little dime bags dime bags are weed right <sighs> yeah you got it right Mike. <laughs> okay I, I i know you're you're hip you know the terminology yeah <laughs> I, i'm still cool <laughs> my mom thinks i'm cool yeah where's brandon where you need him <laughs> say hey brandon what are your thoughts on weed eloquent as we've ever heard him <laughs> uh, he's got a joint in one hand and a and his hand in a bag and his other hand in a bag of cheetos oh well, i'm you sure you should have tried the weed that your dad did the <laughs> weed that uh doesn't get him high just makes him smell bad <laughs> no he gave him the weed that that made him high and he, and he wanted other weed <laughs> oh yeah right my fucking daddy wants weed that doesn't get you high it's like, like he doesn't want the buzz. What? It's like he's the type of person that takes the most obvious thing and be like, "Can we not do that?" Well, you know. Anyway, to his defense, taste test. You can get non-alcoholic <laughs> beer. So that that's a good point. Can I get non-high weed? We're gonna need a weed that doesn't get you high. <laughs> I just want to help my back pain, but not feel like numb and pleasant and you know agreeable to be around. Welcome to the weed cast. <laughs> That's right. Our guest Kevin Smith will be joining us in a minute. <laughs> hey everybody. Okay, so we have covered some NES games on this episode, right? And they were they are in no particular order, although it is order from suck to grud. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2, Gremlins 2, and Castlevania 3, because this is the grab bag of sequels. So yeah, guys. grab bag for sure, as you were saying. <laughs> th- th- these were a, a real mix. Oh, yeah. Just unbelievable greatness <laughs> and just unbelievable suckage. And then, and then a beautiful balance in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, leaning more towards decent. But let's decent anyway. Let's skip the uh, skip all that and let's start with the uh, well, the worst, Ghostbusters two. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, indeed. Yeah. So uh, well, all of these uh, well, the two of these games are based off uh, movie titles. So let's talk about Ghostbusters two, the movie first. What were your guys' thoughts on the movie? As a sequel, um, definitely a big step down from the first one. Uh, not as bad as I think it gets a bad rep. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, immediately dismiss it as a bad movie. I don't consider it a bad movie. Pales in comparison to mm-hmm. the original, but not really that bad. Uh, it underwhelmed, really, was what it did. Yeah. It, people were expecting a tone similar to the first one, and it just had a totally different vibe. Yeah. But it wasn't a like, bad movie. I, Ghostbusters, the original, is arguably my favorite movie of all time. It's at least, like, at the very least, in my top top five. Um, 
Ghostbusters 2 is nowhere near like my top one or two, possibly 500. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a movie. Yeah. 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 I did it. I'm a Ghostbuster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely tell no, them. Not the, the same. Uh, that, they, that they were giving up. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, to follow up a, a hit like mm-hmm. that. I mean, as you, you know, you're talking about the the same sequel syndrome as you see in many of the NES games, like Castlevania II, trying to figure out how to follow up on what you did before, but you want to make it fresh. You want to make it a little different, and you want to have it. Often you miss the mark. You want to have it cut off at the most inopportune moments, where things will just get darker, your enemies will get harder, and the gameplay gets stopped. So you get that jarring experience. It is a horrible time to have a curse, actually. Could you, like, not? Like, just have the Mm. sun go up in the background and, like, maybe enemies will change or when you've defeated all those enemies, then, then, like, other enemies will come along. Like, yeah, I have to stop the gameplay. But luckily we didn't get that in uh, Castlevania 3, but we're not talking about that right now. Well, apparently (laughs) you are. uh, So, (laughs) (laughs) But Ghostbusters... Ghostbusters yeah. 2, the video game. Yeah, well, Ghostbusters 1 and 2 for the NES were not uh, great. It, it was really hard to find a, a decent Ghostbusters game, but it did, uh, when they came out with the Ghostbusters for the Xbox 360 mm-hmm. and possibly mm. other games, that was the Ghostbusters 3 we really needed. Oh. It was a direct follow-up. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Great references. I played that on the Wii. Upgraded Proton yeah. Packs. Seriously, somebody has a supercut on YouTube where they've taken all the cut screens, all the cut scenes, and put it together from that game, and you've got Ghostbusters 3 to movie right there. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. But anyway, even had, let's like, talk the about mayor. a shitty Ghostbusters game. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking about a good Ghostbusters <laughs> game either. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to just oh, keep wandering off this path because it's so god-awful. Yeah, we're trying to avoid it, but we can't. So Ghostbusters 2 opens with a uh, with a unique little crawl, and it goes, At the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve of the last decade of the 20th century, America's largest city is about to pay for the nastiness of its inhabitants. <laughs> <laughs> when When that day comes... When the slime starts to rise, when ghosts start arriving by the boatload, there's only one thing to do. Vote Trump! (laughs) And then we get to see a bunch of tiny little Ghostbuster icons swarm together, coalesce, and then out of that explodes the the ghost holding his fingers up with a two. And then the red slash appears. And we get a decent cover of the Ghostbusters theme, you know, as far as NES is concerned. And uh, this was a different uh, version than the uh, Ghostbusters 1 NES theme, right? Yeah, it was. This one was a little more Mm -hmm. upbeat. A little, uh, the tempo was cranked up a bit. And the best part was that it didn't have... Ghostbusters! (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, already, it's an improvement. Yeah, marginal improvement. And it only goes downhill from here, folks. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, you, you get a, uh, a Slimer icon against a brick wall immediately asking, like, one player or two players. Because apparently, you can suffer with a friend. <laughs> yeah. 
for that friend that came over to play games with you that you never want to see again. <laughs> I tried playing the two-player mode, but I couldn't get it to connect to the internet, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the connection timed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, when you do begin this game, you get to see Nintendo's favorite color, orange, all covering the painting of Vigo, the Scourge of Carpathia, the Sorrow of Moldovia, and he promises he will defeat us. Yeah. Uh, he, he's in the museum when he says this, and yet when you start, and then he sneers, because again, that painting moved, because that was great. But, oh, when he does the uh, Elvis lip? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but apparently, I don't know who he's talking to, because the Ghostbusters are spelunking down a uh, sewer in, in Manhattan. So, again, I don't know who the hell he's talking to, but we get to see all four black Ghostbusters uh, go, putting a winch on the street and going down into a tunnel. If they went dark when they were in the sewer, I'd be like, oh, yeah, because it's dark. But no, they're out in the middle of the street and all five are black. Which is fun. You had a problem with that, Mike? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Jesus was black. <laughs> Why not the Ghostbusters? Because they see shit that turns you white. Well, that's, a, that's, that's a fair point. Said the white man at the uh, at the city hall. Oh uh, yeah. So the game. Oh, uh, these levels. The first thing mm. that freaked me out was this one enemy that appears behind you when you start off. He he's like a little uh, face hugger. And so you try shooting him with the with the uh, proton pack, which instead of shooting, you know, protons, light, lasers, shit like that, what does it shoot instead? Slime. Green snot. Well, it's supposed to be the slime packs from that he had in Ghostbusters 2, right. right? Wasn't that pink though? It was pink, yeah. yeah, but I think that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's absolutely the which slime. Which really pissed me off because one of the problems I had with Ghostbusters 2 the movie was that I don't know like I just love like I love the proton packs one of my favorite movie props ever and I was not a fan of these big slime canisters that they were wearing like use the proton packs just burn that motherfucker up well they did use proton packs originally and then apparently they uh, they only use the slime packs after they go into the sewer for the first time and discover the slime right Right. Yeah, well, because they do the whole positively charged slime thing, right? Yeah, that, well, the sewers, the sewers is where they... Isn't that where they first find the slime? Yeah. Well, that, or is that where they originally find some slime? Well, that's, that's, where, where, they that's where they discover the slime. Yeah, source. they're spelunking down, yeah. as you yeah. said, and they discover the slime. Yeah, so they shouldn't have slime packs at this point. But no, you don't get the zappy lights. You immediately start off with a, uh, with a bukkake gun. <laughs> Because it's not even like a spray of slime; it is like a burst. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's a they fire ju- It's like they, it's like they just walked outside and went. <laughs> but anyway, that's not the most disturbing part. The most disturbing part is that there's an enemy that appears right behind you, like a little face hugger, and no matter how many times you shoot it with your slime cannon, it takes no damage. It doesn't flash. But uh, what does it do? It just forces you forward. Yeah, they never explain what the fuck this thing is. Instead of just having the level scroll so that you, you know, like in Mario, if they want to direct you someplace, they'll just move the camera over and it's like, if I don't see you on the camera, you're dead. But no, they, they have to personify the scrolling with this, 
but this thing that looks like, I don't know, it looks like an 8-bit version of the Tingler from that Vincent Price movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. And you, you can't shoot it. You can't, if you try to jump over it, it will fucking pull you out of the air and <laughs> drag you to the ground and kill you. No explanation given for what the fuck this thing is. You just have to run in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh... At that point, you're running under just random face masks that are falling or fists that are <laughs> flying at your legs. Golden or... spiders, the head of Nick Fury. Right. The occasional Jeez. ghost that you somehow take down with slime... And then random Ghostbuster symbols that I, I guess do some sort of benefit for your score or something. Points. Yeah. It's just points. And then there are some ghosts later on that it doesn't matter how many times you shoot them. And they're just like slightly larger versions. And no amount of shooting will will take them out. Yeah. For and the- of course you've got the icons which charge at you and they're always the same color as the background. So good luck fucking seeing them. <laughs> At least you only have to go through this sewer level once. And you only have to go through every other level like it for the rest of the game when you aren't driving the Ecto-1. Which, you know, you finally get to drive the Ecto-1. No, you you can do it in any other Ghostbusters, but that was like an overhead uh, spy hunter thing. Yeah. This is like a uh, side-scroller. It was really bad. Mm -hmm. Not that it was any more enjoyable or anything, but... Yeah, no. It's like the bike ride in, uh, was it, Battletoads. Oh, yeah. You have to have everything <laughs> memorized. You have to execute it perfectly. I mean, yes, the exactly worst part, that. though, was you had... Sorry, go ahead. No, I just agreed with you. That's it. I think the, the worst part of it for me was how little margin for error they gave you. I mean, it'd be one thing if you had a health bar, you know, you could take a half dozen to a dozen hits... But no, you, you got nothing. You got dick all. You die with one hit. You get and what? You're like, slimed. Yeah, you get slimed. Then you get three or four lives. And then I think two or three continues. And that's it. That's the game. Yeah. And just, again, no, no very unforgiving. I didn't make it past. You have a, a past- clock tower. <laughs> you have a clock tower. In the bottom corner, it's like back. To, it's like you have to wait for it to get struck at, at with lightning at eleven forty-one or something. <laughs> uh, Are we not the, going to uh, discuss like the driving stage that how creative these game uh, developers were that the ghosts that they designed literally look like floating bed sheets? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or Pac-Man. Yeah, they just put ghosts. It's like let's just do the like sheet over the sheet over and a floating sheet ghost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're like it looks like Charlie Brown, like except that you know <laughs> they only have two eye holes. <laughs> I'd like to think that, you know, they're going around in Ecto One shooting things and these are actually people that dressed as ghosts <laughs> on like a ghost costume and the ghost person just went out and like murdered them. And you also have Trick. to apparently do you have to you have to dodge manhole covers, right? That just and, spray slime and gigantic holes in the street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like New York has, has got like some bad traffic, but potholes of this magnitude. 
Yeah, the streets in New York are in serious uh, need of repair like that. Yeah. It's pretty bad. As Peter says in the in the movie, there are so many holes in Fifth Avenue, we didn't think anyone would notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a way that only Bill Murray can deliver a line. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently the... Apparently they uh, they uh, they took a ride through a Harlem auto shop because now the Ecto One has uh, can jump. The, oh, yeah. the Ecto yeah. the Ecto One has hydraulics and it's it's a hoopty now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's how you cross it. That's how you cross the gaps. Right. But this was actually the the best part of the game for me. I mean, as hard as it is to say. I mean, it, once it, once you get past that point, you you speed forward in the plot, and you're in the Statue of Liberty, this mm-hmm. interminable Statue of Liberty level where you're playing fucking Space Invaders, just <laughs> endless <laughs> to swarms. to a beautiful to yeah. a beautiful chiptune loop of higher and higher. <laughs> I said your love keeps lifting me higher. Uh, the only note that I wrote in this Statue of Liberty level is, am I shooting fish? Yeah, ghost dolphins. <laughs> I mean, what the f- It's like, hey, we're in the ocean in this scene, so let's make the ghost look like fish. What? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they, they made it last for so fucking long, they had to get creative. I mean, they didn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, endless who, who bed sheets for and- five, ten minutes solid gameplay. Who doesn't love to hear higher and higher on a 10-minute loop? Twice. <laughs> oh, man. And then so, it goes downhill from there. <laughs> oh. It really does. It, yeah, yeah, just in case you thought, well, that was that was padding. Oh, fuck no. You haven't seen padding yet. Because <laughs> then you go through the city. Because remember, you, you, the Statue of Liberty has to go through the water. And then has to go through the city, so you get to do this whole fucking thing again. And you, you, you don't even get to see a nice, you don't even get to see the Statue of Liberty attack the museum, which would have been like a nice little payoff, or at least like be the Statue of Liberty. Like that would have been a great boss level. Boss at the end in this game. Well, no, no. <laughs> a boss would have been nice. Yeah, right. And. Like, the slime dome over the museum could have been, like, the Technodrome from Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Like, this large, round thing that you have to, like, shoot and break apart, and then the Ghostbusters could disembark, but no. No, you're not going to get that. You, uh, you skipped ahead a bit, because I'm just, I just paused when you're going through the courthouse, and some, one of the bouncing things that you have to dodge is a pitcher... Of Kool-Aid. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. I forgot about the courthouse level. Yep. Oh, it is... Like, again, everything is Nintendo's favorite color, orange slash brown. And you have to... Like, there are icons that... you got, like, three types of things you have to beat. Things that scroll up and down like a spider, uh, which in, this, in the courthouse is replaced by a pitcher. Things that will do a sign pattern descent, which will go up and down while weaving left to right, and in the courthouse, that is a briefcase. 
And then there are icons that will just sweep across the bottom. You have to jump over. But again, they're always the same color as the background. So good luck spotting them. And in this case, it is a gavel. Ugh. Oh, yeah. No, basically, like, yeah, every one of these levels is basically the same level, just with uh, a different backdrop and different skins on some of the enemies. Yeah, like the obstacles, although the ghost will always be the same, because there's one ghost that looks like Slimer, except he's got, like, skeleton hands. And uh, he, he, uh, uh, snows on you, like, just like little balls of white fluff descend from him but if no. they hit you they'll you, stun you you don't want to know what i you don't want to know what i put in my notes that was <laughs> what he was doing to you <laughs> the money shot he puts the boo in bukaki <laughs> oh man yeah and then Two. then the ecto-1 drives through central park with more potholes but apparently floating <laughs> <laughs> uh, floating asphalt, which I don't even know why you'd want to try to aim for that when you can just clear the jumps. And then they have like little islands that you have to do like quick, quick double bounces, while also dodging. I I don't know if they're like flipping manhole covers or bowling pins. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at, but it's like I'm looking right at it, and I still don't fucking know. Yeah, who fucking knows. And then that's when you get to the statue, well, yeah, the Statue of Liberty, who... And then you keep getting, like, these little taunts by Vigo the Carpathian, which is, like, the closest thing you get to a break in this game. It's the closest thing you get to a boss in this game. Oh, yeah, a boss that you do not... A boss that you have to meet, but not actually fight. Mm -hmm. And when you finally get to the museum... Like, you finally get through the museum, and it's so hard, and you get there, and then you give a boo cocky to the painting of Vigo. And then what happens? Yeah. You're a different Ghostbuster going through this fucking level again. Yeah. If that wasn't a nice little fuck you for the game, for the game to give you, right? <laughs> like, oh, I've got all... to control all the Ghostbusters through all of this shit one at a time. Yeah, it's not fun oh. if you don't play all the Ghostbusters. <laughs> well, like Snoop Dogg said, it ain't no fun if my homies can't have none. Ugh. And you think you get through to the end and, oh yeah, we're going to fight Vigo. He's going to come out of the painting and we're going to be able to shoot him and dodge. And, and no. Nope. We don't even get to fight Peter McNichol. <laughs> right. Yeah, like the final boss fight is a cutscene. That's right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can just imagine some it. poor kid that put in countless hours to master this game gets to the end, just can't wait to face Vigo the Carpathian. You know, he starts a cutscene <laughs> and he's thinking, "All right, here it comes." Credits. I don't even know what. I don't even know whether they're using slime. It, the way that this painting gets destroyed, it's like they just splashed it with thinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, what this game cost me was three dollars and a weekend of my childhood that I'll never get back. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Same here. I never owned this one. No. Nope. I, I did the same deal. I rented it maybe once or twice. Yeah. Well, twice I. I'm a sucker. 
I own the uh, original NES Ghostbusters because somebody gave it to me for a birthday present because I was such a big Ghostbusters fan. And at the time, I already knew how notoriously bad it was, even then. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I was like, I think I played it somewhere. I think somebody had it rented or, or one of my friends owned it or something. I did play it. And I said, wow, this is terrible. Even I wasn't a big enough sucker for that as a kid that, you know, you didn't need to own something that had the Ghostbusters logo on it just because... Right. You're a Ghostbusters fan. And, uh, yeah, but I end up owning it anyway because someone gave it to me. So I went into uh, number two pretty cautiously and just rented it one day after, you know, my local convenience store. had I had already rented all the good games. So gave it a try, and it's like, yeah, it was a step up, but still. Like, it's... Hmm. You thought it's it was like a step up? A step up from Ghostbusters 1, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, Ghostbusters 1, don't get me wrong, was god-awful, but this game just pissed me off. I mean, at least Ghostbusters 1 didn't piss you off until you got to the end with that uh, stair-climbing pre, I remember it being just, pretty pissed off early into Ghostbusters. <laughs> it was just boring. I, it was bad and boring. I mean, this yeah, game you're right. added on just you know extreme difficulty to all that repetition and boredom and you're not going to get anywhere in this thing that music was the music in the first game was boring it was just like there's the ghostbusters theme on one loop here you get three songs Mm. the ghostbusters theme higher and higher and then when you finally save the day you get the most upbeat version of old lang syne (laughs) that's your victory music (laughs) As you see the newspaper saying, NYC saved Ghostbusters destroy Vigo before midnight deadline. And nobody... Was there a deadline in the movie? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Vigo, <laughs> Vigo put out the put out a deadline for you. You better get here. Yeah, well... Or by contract, this something. city is mine. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway... But there's no con- there's no congratulations yeah, for you right. at the end of this movie. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Congratulation. But one thing I, I gotta mention is like just shows like how big Nintendo was at the time. Remember when they how, do you guys remember in the movie how they controlled the Statue of Liberty? Oh yeah. With an oh yeah. With an, with an NES Advantage. Yes, with an NES Advantage toy stick. I, right. I think at the time I was like such a big Nintendo fan, such a big Ghostbusters fan, and seeing that scene and recognizing the NES Advantage controller, I think I might have like literally shit my pants at that time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's what I, I, that's, that was one of the highlights when I saw it. I'm just like, ah, Nintendo. Like, seriously, that was fantastic. You know that that thing made a uh, an appearance in a, uh, in a in another Ghostbusters property. Really? What did there there was the NES Advantage? Oh, really? Yeah, the modified NES Advantage showed up again in a comic, which was a comic crossover between the Ghostbusters and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. wow. Donatello, Donatello and Egon are both working on some devices, and they both get activated at the same time, and it creates a rip between their worlds. Mm-hmm. So the turtles show up, and they're like, what? This is like New York, but like a like a different New York? And so when they meet the Ghostbusters, uh, Donatello notices the NES advantage on their desk. Awesome. Hmm. 
an original plot? I think it was, uh, I didn't get to read all the comic. I only read, like, the first comic. I'm just like, okay, I got to get the rest of these. And then I think I got the rest of them, but I didn't read them yet. Cool. The only... But I did look up in a... Oh, sorry. I, I did look up in a Wikipedia that the, it did get mentioned. So I'm looking forward to seeing that if it uh, becomes part of the plot. I think it was used to uh, control an interdimensional device to send the Chinese demon back into his, uh, back to the spirit world. Hmm. The uh, only Ghostbusters comic crossover I ever read was Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters and uh, Mars Attacks. What? Yeah, it exists. Bart, but the Martians aren't ghosts. They are because all the Martians that died, their ghosts got left behind on Earth. <laughs> so they they came to Earth in ghost ships? Oh wait, no, oh, after no the they Martians died. died on Earth. Yeah, yeah. It's a, <laughs> after Jack Nicholson kills their asses. The Ghostbusters have out the remains. Didn't they kill Jack Nicholson in the movie? I don't before, fucking know. Before the end of the movie? Nobody I paid did. that much attention to the movie. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, all I know is that they walked around like... Nah, 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 nah. We have two out of three governments working, and that ain't bad. <laughs> That's all I remember from that movie. Anyway, let, uh, let's leave this turn. They had Pierce Brosnan's head body snatchered onto a dog. <laughs> and then he ends up making out with uh, some other woman who also had her head body snatchered onto a dog. Uh, okay, we're, we're getting way why, off the fucking why didn't that movie, here. Why didn't that movie get a game? <laughs> I mean, that game would have been fucked. Anyway. Uh, but speaking onto a, a, a game that isn't fucked... Gremlins 2. So, uh, quick summation, what did you all think about Gremlins 2, the movie, first? Oh, uh, Gremlins 2, the movie, uh, a big departure, I'm not going to say, yeah, in quality and in tone, a big departure from the first one, because it's not at all, like, where the first one was funny, it was, it had some horror elements, I love it, it's, again, this is like one of my, one of my favorite movies, uh, the original Gremlins. Uh, the second one, they it was kind of a, more of a surreal feel. Like, they really decided that, you know, we're not going to take this thing seriously at all. Yeah. Ivan, your thoughts? Did you see it? No, sadly I never did. I'll let you guys take the reins on this one. I, uh... It was a long time ago when I saw the first Gremlins, and I don't think I ever saw Gremlins 2. Really? I'm the only one here that saw Gremlins 2. I'm afraid um, so. Hey, we'll have to cover it on the show. There you go. Like I've got a request you for you guys. Yeah, Gremlins, <laughs> the original Gremlins has is much more on the horror side than Gremlins Two is. Um, if Gremlins One was, I if I said it was like fifty percent horror, and I think that that's even like a very big exaggeration. Uh, I'd say Gremlins Two is more like ten percent horror. Oh my gosh. So it kind it's, of shifted tone the same way Ghostbusters 2 did? Uh, much more so. Uh, oh, this wow. one, Go, Gremlins 2, is much more of a comedy. Um, it feels like a lot of the times you're watching a live-action cartoon. They went really silly, but it does have Christopher uh, Christopher Lee in it, so... That's right. Yeah. Well, that's horror. That, that's, all, that's automatically 30% horror. Yeah. 
So just his presence brings that up, and then ten percent horror, so forty percent horror. And he's uh, yeah, good enough. Good enough for he's me. He's an evil scientist in it, so. Oh fuck! That's another ten percent. Fifty percent horror then. Uh, see, there you go. Yeah, they're tied. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know i enjoyed it but it is re- this one gremlins 2 is really silly like really silly like you've got to be in the right state of mind to enjoy it where, where gremlins is the type of thing like i could throw it on anytime I, it's always on my christmas movie rotation list and uh i don't care what anybody says yes gremlins is a christmas movie um i could watch it anytime though but gremlins 2 i really got to be in the right state of mind to watch it like to actually enjoy it <laughs> yeah and uh, you get some weird characters. Hey. There's a spider gremlin, a bat gremlin, an electric gremlin. You get a female Wasn't gremlin. Wasn't there a hooker gremlin? Yeah, like you get the, uh, the uh, sassy gremlin, we'll call her. <laughs> Did she like snap her fingers and, and jab her head from side to side? Uh, she's She's got attitude, for sure. <laughs> and there's a big like... musical Sorry. number towards the end as well with a oh, Frank geez. Sinatra gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> of course, so there they was. can talk. Oh yeah, there's one gets injected with some kind of intelligence serum, and he turns like he becomes very inter- intellectual. Oh my gosh! Well, I will say at least uh, from the sound of it, the game gave at least a decent representation of the movie. I... You're talking about the bat and the various uh, gremlins that appear in the movie. You're actually seeing yeah. them here in the game. Well, I, yeah, it, like it is. I, I mean, I know. Like we give, we always give games a hard time. Like we always give them a bad rep when they're based on a movie because, like, they never turn out like the movie. But I mean, you gotta realize that's a really hard thing to do. You know, <laughs> the movie's already spo- the movie's already plotted out the levels. Yeah, and, I mean, and <laughs> not you can't do a direct translation. Like, not everything is gonna work. But they did, I, I will give them credit, this game is not great, but they did make an honest attempt of incorporating the things you saw in the movie, putting in the, them in the game. So yeah. give them props to that. Uh, it's done by Sunsoft, and uh, they are well known for their Batman games, like based on the Tim Burton movies, which were great games. Um, and, and again, like, you know, deviated away from the movies a bit, but they did put some elements in there. Um, and one thing I just wanted to mention, because you guys, since you guys didn't see the movie, there's kind of another Batman connection uh, with the games and the movies. Because, of mm-hmm. course, okay. while both of these games were done by Sunsoft, there's a scene in, the, um, in Gremlins 2, because there, a big chunk of the movie takes place in this genetics lab, and they're doing experiments on the Gremlins. And, uh, you know, giving them, in- injecting some of them with uh, DNA samples from other animals. And one of them gets injected with bat DNA. And so he actually mm. grows like a set of bat wings. And he escapes and flies through the wall in like cartoon form. Like he leaves like, you know, a shape, an impression of himself in, the, in like the hole in the wall looks like <laughs> the shape of him. Right. So that's where I say it's got kind of like cartoon elements. But the shape he leaves in the wall, the hole he leaves in the wall, is shaped exactly like the Tim Burton Batman logo. Nice. <laughs> so it's like, like I said, it's kind of like it gets pretty silly, right? But it is enjoyable if you're in the right state of mind for that. Um, now that weed is legal in Canada, you can get into that right state of mind. <laughs> A little <laughs> Much bit easier. easier. <laughs> yeah. And cheap and pretty, and pretty affordably, too. Yeah. You can even order it online, so... 
So at what point in the movie did Gizmo have to fight bouncing killer tomatoes? <laughs> I do remember that uh, there's a, ki- a scene that takes place in the kitchen where there's a gremlin like throwing food. So maybe that's what had <laughs> something to do with it. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> I think somebody just said, well, there was a tomato in the movie. So here you go. <laughs> now, there's a, now there's like 20 of them. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Gizmo gets pretty badass in this. He uh, gets pushed around a little too much, and he gets uh, takes influence from Rambo. He actually puts on the headband, makes a little makeshift bow and arrow and everything, and <laughs> starts uh, taking yeah. out yeah. some gremlins. Yeah, which he, oh, he yeah. does he in the game, to, too. Exactly, house. yeah. So, you know, there's some a lot of elements there. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this game more than I thought that I would. Uh, I started off thinking that it would be just another... Uh, licensed game that would suck and I was pleasantly surprised that it it wasn't horrible I I was actually enjoying it I mean sure the levels were a little bit repetitive Mm -hmm. but it it wasn't bad oh yeah there's a well there are some questionable layouts like apparently you spend how much of this game inside a ventilation shaft which then leads to a kitchen Although you don't really, like, crawl out of the vent. It's like the vent just opens up into a kitchen. And then... And then for some fucked up reason, the kitchen then turns into, like, a TV studio. And then somehow a fucking graveyard. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to be going through the building, I think, is what it was. Uh, The building has all sorts of different... Yeah, it, it's a, like a theme in the movie. The building is uh, this guy got his that owns the building. He's the head of this major corporation that have their hands in everything. So in this building in the movie, you do have like a genetics lab. Uh, it it has a TV studio that shows different sh- like it has a movie theater in it. It has uh, TV studios where one they do a cooking show, which is the kitchen scene from the game. And there is a guy that's huh. uh, basically an Al Lewis impersonator. And he's the host of a horror movie, late night horror movie show. <laughs> oh my gosh! So this game, this game is actually faithful to mm-hmm. many, many elements yeah. of the movie, even cast off elements. Mm-hmm. Wow! This just makes this game even more impressive. Yeah. So that, like, like I said, it would they. I I will give them props that they did make an honest attempt in incorporating a lot of things from the movie into this. The, uh, the game originally starts off with Gizmo, who... Well, let's just start with the start screen. The graphics for the start screen look great. We've got, like, one gremlin just, like, with his hands splayed out, looking all creepy and scary. Hanging off the number two is Gizmo, well-rendered. And then just hanging on the other side to fill out the screen is a... Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll call him a radical gremlin. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's got sneaks, shades, and a trucker hat. Yeah, I think he's right out of the movie as well, from what I remember. Yeah, so the movie starts off, uh, the game starts off with pretty decent cinematic cutscenes. Yes. Gizmo's in a cage. Zach Galifianakis shows up and just opens up the cage, gives him a thumbs up. Doesn't take Gizmo out, it's like he lets him go and then he just fucks off. He's like, okay, man, you, you got your own escape to do. Good luck. Yep, and then Gizmo has to fight a whole bunch of psychotic vegetables throughout the first level, like bouncing tomatoes, which apparently leave 
like gumballs. So this is all in an overhead platformer. Which is well done. Like Gizmo, <laughs> Gizmo's fighting big tomatoes by throwing small tomatoes. Of course. How else would you uh, take out a big tomato? Br- well, yeah, if you want to take out anything effectively, you have to kill it with its own kind. Well, Just like when you're fighting a zombie, what better way than to pick up another zombie and swing him at a it? A slightly smaller zombie, yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then, uh, throughout this, then you come across this magic door, which leads you to Mr. Wing's, Mr. Wing's shop, who... <laughs> Like I don't know what kind of business model this guy's running, but apparently he's yeah, got from the he's afterlife. got access points. He's got access points to his store from ventilation shafts, movie studios, genetics labs. Yeah. All all roads lead to Mr. Wing's shop. He's got an interdimensional shop. Yeah, and this <laughs> and they don't explain this very well. I, I gotta say, they, it's not like they have some something where you you move the cursor and it says this will give you an extra life or this will add to your health bar. Yeah, or so on. You better have the manual or you're fucked. That's right. You're going to have to experiment. And once you leave Mr. Wing, that door's gone. Yeah, you can only buy one item. Like, even though you have enough crystal balls, because that's what all the enemies drop, even though you have all the crystal balls, you could buy all these items, he will only let you buy one thing. Like, what kind of shitty businessman is that? (laughs) Yeah. I got $500. Okay, you can buy a $20 item, a $50 item, or a $60 item. Well, how about I buy all of them since I have $500? Nope, just one. Yeah, and I know I'm getting into uh, nitpicking territory here when it comes into uh, the shop, but did you guys happen to notice the uh, like the uh, the title, like the, uh, the caption when you're talking to Mr. Wing? No. Would, uh, there are several. It says, well, the first one that you see... Welcome, Gizmo. What item would you like? Yes, no. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, that's awful. Well, did, did Mr. Wing uh, speak good English in the movie? Uh, yeah, it was fine, you know. He just had a slight accent, that's all. I was going to say, a late 80s representation of an Asian? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's got to be well done, God. tastefully, right? It's like somebody it, said, oh, we need to make this guy look like, you know, a... Uh, an Asian Dumbledore? Yeah, and uh, somebody just rose a hand and said, I saw an Asian once, and he designed the costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we just have a guy that looks like he runs an opium den? All right. Pretty much, yeah. Like, I mean, like, you'd think this guy would be freaking out that an item that he once sold in his store is now buying things in his store. But no, this guy is, like, really easygoing. Yeah, he does look like he's hit the opioids from the from the look at of him in the screen. Oh, definitely. Would you like to buy this doll that looks exactly like you that I just had lying around? Wow. Uh, but uh, the best things you can get is uh, a heart, which will extend your life meter. Uh, you can get a balloon, which will let you survive falling down a gap, which and also carry you over some. Uh, some part of the level for five yeah, seconds. Uh, yeah, get, that was good. Get that fucking balloon if you play this game. <laughs> yeah, I I got as far as I did because of that balloon. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> not only does it carry you at wherever you you control the balloon. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it'll carry you wherever you want for the five or six seconds, and you're invincible. 
So you fall down this shaft or whatever, and then you just carry yourself right past all the million bad guys that are in your way. You're just looking up at you like, oh, hey, there goes Gizmo. Yep. Where are we supposed to kill him? Oh, well, whatever. Fuck it, whatever. He's got a balloon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's got a balloon. Why, why even try? <laughs> yeah. And when you get to the end of the first level, you manage to escape. And then you get a lovely cutscene of Gizmo walking under a leaky pipe. Yes. Uh, first of all, yeah, you mentioned the cutscenes, Mike. And, like, I got to say, for an NES title, like, the cutscenes in this thing were great. I thought they were very well done. Like, it looked... it Well, it looked like what it was supposed to look like. <laughs> like, everything right. was identifiable. Like, I think they, they detailed it really nice. It was nice and big. Like, it just... I had to make a note of it. Like, I really enjoyed the cutscenes in this. And it actually told the story reasonably well. Yes. Yeah, without words, it did a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah, so we get to see Gizmo pop off three gremlins. And, uh, like, do they have any names? Like, I know, like, the one with the mohawk is Stripe, right? Um, no. Stripe was in the first one. Um... This one is the one with the mohawk, and this one is literally called Mohawk. Right. <laughs> so who's the one in the middle with the uh, the one that looks like a uh, an Ewok, or n- not like an Ewok is it from the, one the movie, with, like, the but the Ewok? Face? But... Yeah, the e- the one that looks like the Ewok from the George Lucas Ewok cartoon. So you had Lenny, George, and what was the last one? I can't remember. Um... Well, Lenny and George, that sounds like a reference to Mice and Men. Oh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I didn't even think about that. So so I guess the other one Daffy. That was it. Daffy. <laughs> so anyway. uh, yeah, it's all it's all the things you remember from Mice and Men. There's uh, Lenny, there's uh, Squiggy, and then there's uh, Bullet to the Head. <laughs> Don't forget the bunnies. That's all right. <laughs> Yeah, tell me about the bunnies. My pet rabbits. I will raise them. And I will hug them and pet them and squeeze them and call them George. <laughs> so they they outnumber Gizmo and then uh, they decide to imprison him in a uh, completely accessible ventilation shaft. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're going to imprison him by giving him absolute internal access to the entire fucking building. <laughs> That's his prison. There's no way he can really get out of this. Stupid. There aren't <laughs> any other ventilation shafts in this entire building. We've got him trapped. Uh, Gizmo's got like this cute, sad face. It's like, why do my children keep turning on me? Yeah. Well, you know, they came from bad seed, Gremlin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Here's my question about the, uh, like, so Gizmo is a good gremlin. He gets wet and, like, he, you know, multiplies, but all they're all bad. So I guess it doesn't, like, skip a generation or anything, right? Like, is if those, those bad gremlins get wet and multiply, like, they don't make good gremlins. Yeah. Is, did they ever explain in the movies why is Gizmo Yeah, is good? he just, like, an anomaly? Like, you know, gremlins are primarily bad, but, like, just... Every once in a while, you get a good one. <laughs> a defect. Like a, mut- a mutant. Like Gizmo has some kind of brain damage or something. 
He got a concussion, so he forgot how to be yeah. evil. Yeah, he, he got the fun he, cussion. Basically, he's... Yeah. <laughs> the fun cussion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. This makes me happier. <laughs> If you if you if you pull back his if you if you, if you brush his fur the other way, on the back of it on the back of his neck you'll see the switch flip from bad to good. <laughs> from data to lore. <laughs> uh, so you go through several levels and then uh, you plow through a genetics lab and then you, uh, uh, I think after two levels you actually fight a friggin' boss. Yeah. But at the end of every uh, level, you get an upgrade to your weapons. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you're smart and you're good, when you go to the shop, the first thing you buy is a power canister, which basically permanently upgrades your weapon. If you can identify it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why you need the internet for it, to be like, what the hell is this? Is that like pop? Is it a can of soda? Is it supposed to replenish my health? What the hell is it? Yeah, I didn't go that far. Needless to say, I didn't go that far in the game either. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, you get to fight different bosses. Like, uh, well, one is just a big gremlin. Uh, what the hell is his name? Oh, this was Mohawk. Does he have a name? It's just yeah. This was Mohawk that you're fighting, and you actually was that the first one with the uh, with the uh, what the hell is he holding? Like a machine gun? I don't think he's holding anything the first time you face him. You just he just kind of claws at you. Yeah, that's what I remember. Oh, right. There's that one. Yeah, because I'm just looking at a screenshot of one. And uh, uh, you tell me, look, is there a fucking dinosaur in the audience? Taking a look. This is great pod. Yeah. Uh, I There's think a dinosaur he's got in the a, upper right corner. Uh, a dinosaur with a with a like a thinking hand. <laughs> looks like the alien or something. Oh, it looks like one of those duckbill dinosaurs. Is Mohawk holding a cane or something? I mean, like he's fucking vaudeville. <laughs> Everybody's doing the Michigan rag. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know about a dinosaur being in the, in the audience, but in the movie uh, during this uh, theater scene, Hulk Hogan was in the audience. <laughs> Well, this is a shitty version of him. There better not be any black guys around me in this audience. (laughs) I better not see any black gremlins. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but the boss in this game uh, continually ramps up. He he gets further and further mutated, which, uh, from what I read, also reflects the movie. Mm, You can tell me, Sheldon. I, I don't know. I did, I can't really remember. I know that like a lot of the gremlins throughout the movie go through changes because they're all playing with like the uh, all the, like the uh, the DNA like the genetic serums and stuff. Right. The mutagens. Yeah. Uh, then the final boss is I guess it's Mohawk who becomes Spider Mohawk. Um, I don't remember. I know one of them. Yeah, they he gets injected with the spider DNA, and uh, like becomes like yeah this top half is still gremlin and the bottom half is spider but i don't remember if it's mohawk or not well it's spider now and he the best part is is that just like the movie your final super ultimate weapon is the flaming pencil bomb yes 
Mm. And boy, do you feel like a fucking badass when you're shooting this thing around. I, like, we never talked about like the play control in this game. It's it tight. The jumping is yeah. a little loose when it comes to uh, nailing the platforms, but you know, for firing your weapon, you're you're most likely going to yeah. hit what you want, unless you do a jump and then you try to turn around and you fucking don't. The, uh, well, if you if so, you, you fire, end up yeah. you end up firing away. You end up firing away from a yeah. guy because you just keep thinking, I press the button to look at him. So logically, in my mind, I would be turning around to face mm-hmm. him. And your game's just like, fuck you. You were jumping when you did that, and you can't turn around when you're jumping. The only problem I had with the controls in this game was when it came to diagonal jumping. Like, when you had some platforms where you had to jump diagonally onto them, I found that, like, the uh, a lot of times I just end up missing the platform because I just jump forward. Oh, the clipping in this game is awful. There's parts where you're trying to jump over an edge, and... Before you make the jump, you fall through, and you're like, "Did I did I hit the edge mm-hmm. already?" Or you jump completely through a platform, and you're like, "Did what what the fuck?" The platforms move fast in this game. I gotta yeah. say, the ones that do move, oh man, I I don't think so the play, the play control is not as tight as no. I like. I mean, it's a big difference over Ghostbusters two that we covered earlier, <laughs> but uh, because fuck those <laughs> controls and everything else in the game, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it did take some time to get used to this one. Like, for the most part, it was good, but jumping, I found, was uh, could be a little bit of an issue sometimes. And jumping and firing was almost impossible. Oh, yeah, right? that was really difficult. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it came up a lot, because a lot of times you had to, um, you know, especially you get some gremlins that are, like, throwing stuff at you. Got They've got, like, a projectile attack, and you've got to take the right opportunity to jump, Fire, take out the gremlin, and land perfectly. Yeah. So I found. Or you gotta jump, fire, and then move yourself back. Yes, you might have to do that a few times. Um, and that's playing as an adult. As a kid, I think like playing that would have really been frustrating. I think it would have ended up giving up on this game. Yeah, yeah. but that save states to uh, just completely undo that, having to redo the whole level again, just because. And then, even if you did do it, you still. Like you, you, some jumps, you have to do like fifteen, sixteen times before you realize, oh, there's one spot that you can land because so you won't slide mm-hmm. off. I, I will give the game credit though. You get a uh, a password. Yes. Once you die, you you are able to get back to you know what you had earned. You know, so you didn't and, have a safe feature. And it's a nice short password. That. Yes. And that's short passwords, too, not like, here, take a look at this square grid. Get out a massive piece of paper and then come up with some shit. No. Or here, here's a 26-character key phrase. Like, fuck no. Just like, here, put these five letters together, scribble them down, boom, you're good. And, uh, yeah, when you finally face the spider, who is the first, like, every other boss that you face, if you have a turbo button... You can just spam shoot this guy and knock him down before you run out of mm-hmm. health. The boss is the only one, even with even with uh, a turbocharged fire arrow, you still have to, you know, kite around the screen and just dodge him because there's just a lot of him. He's huge. Yeah. What did you guys think of the music in this game? Not bad. Not bad at all. I, I, I don't recall hating it. It wasn't annoying, decent. and when it comes to any like eight-bit video game, as long as it's not annoying, I'm fine with it. Yeah, 
And done by Sunsoft, uh, which, as you said, did Batman, also did Blaster Master, so oh. a company that knows its way around some uh, decent video game music. Blast- I, I, I kind of liked it Blast- here. Yeah, you just remind me, Blaster Master had fantastic music. So oh, good. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like this scene, and it reminded me, uh, like, uh, fighting the spider boss really reminded me of uh, when Gizmo actually fights him in a movie, and fucking like badass and pretty like savage moment in the movie because um the spider actually has uh, i can't remember her name from the movie but phoebe cates uh, phoebe cates whatever her name is her character um the spider has her cornered and gizmo break like bust literally like kicks in kicks the, the cover off the air duct vent and got his bow, little makeshift bow and arrow, pencil arrow, and he actually jams the pencil into a bottle of liquid paper, lights it on fire, and then just fires it into the face of the spider gremlin. That's pretty and boss. And the thing just erupts and is like on fire and screaming. And so, I'm like, holy shit, this movie has balls, man. Gizmo came to fucking yeah. play. Uh, so in this game, when you finally beat the spider, uh, all the gremlins are, have have apparently congregated, and uh, shit. What what gremlins do we see? We have uh, prostitute gremlin. Uh, we got several sports fan mm-hmm. gremlins. Uh, some radical gremlins. <laughs> we got like meth lab trailer park gremlin. Yeah. Who's got like a wife beater on and some shades? Oh, mo- motorcycle gremlin cop there. Yeah. We've got. Uh, I know some areas in the game we've got go go gadget helicopter gremlins. <laughs> no, they're literally. You notice they're literally flying around with like helicopter like blades under heads and holding on to handles that are coming out of it. Like, yeah. yeah, that's right. Go-go. That's how we did it back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. And then Zach Galligan apparently sees them all hanging out in the lobby. He takes out his. He takes out his phone, a corded phone, and somebody is playing around with a, a a panel that has the electro the electric gremlin on it, and then shoots electricity from the phone, somehow not melting into his hand. <laughs> yeah, the electric gremlin. That was. Uh... And then he vaporizes everybody, except for one gremlin who is seen walking around, and you think. Oh well, you've narrowed it down to one. Maybe he's going to have a change of heart. Maybe he's. Oh no, he's melting yeah. too. And then it ends with uh, Gizmo in a box waving at everybody. And then I'm looking at this other cutscene where it shows Gizmo back in the cage. So I don't know if it's out of order, or if, or if that's the happy ending where Gizmo's back in the lab, getting, getting right. poked, prodded, and needled. You had your fun now. Back in the cage. Well, you saved the day. Now let's get let's get back to your uh, horrible, painful scientific experiments. <laughs> now let now let's rub shampoo in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's hey, one of you looked really good with lipstick on. Let's see if that works on you. Okay, Avon, uh, you want the testament? You want the testament? Your shit out. Here we go. How pretty can you make this guy? <laughs> Well, you just remind me that when you're talking about the electric gremlin, it just reminds me. It's like as much as I was defending this movie and saying, you know, it's good if you're watching it in the right state of mind, the whole electric gremlin thing was just bizarre. 
Because, like, for one thing, I mean, get past, like, that they're giving, they're doing experiments on the gremlins with injecting them with uh, genetic material from some other animals. So you get the bat gremlin and the spider gremlin. But they inject one with electricity, some kind of, like, literally, I think they called it electric serum. <laughs> and so basically he turns into a bolt of lightning that's, like, shaped like, a bolt, a bolt of lightning that's shaped like a gremlin. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we have to we have to give him electricity. But he DNA. kills people like he <laughs> kills people like he literally like he kills people by like zapping through like the, he just runs towards them and when he touches them they like get electrocuted. And uh, how he gets captured is he jumps at uh, Zach uh, Galligan and he picks up the phone. He goes into the receiver and then he puts the fo- he pushes the hold button, <laughs> traps him. <laughs> and you actually see like the gremlin like stuck in the display like the little screen on the phone well elevator music plays for all well, the time yes. no that actually happens you start, they start playing the whole music and he starts screaming and covering his ears oh jeez and uh so yeah their big plot to like wipe it all the gremlins is they, they get them all to like uh you know I can't remember how they lured them, but they lured them in the lobby of the, this building. And uh, they set off the sprinklers. So, like, all the gremlins, of course, are about to, like, multiply. And there's thousands and thousands of gremlins there. So there's going to be literally millions. And uh, just as they're about to, uh, you know, multiply, he said, like, when I tell you, you like, you press transfer. <laughs> it doesn't transfer the call. And he's just got the receiver aimed at the lobby, and the, the electric gremlin oh. just comes shooting out. And just <laughs> electrocutes them all. Wow. So. Yeah, because you do fight the electric gremlin in the game, don't you? Yeah, you do one boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then you apparently, like, beat him into a phone? <laughs> that's, that's how they should have done the level of the game. Like, Gizmo's weapon should have just been, like, a phone receiver. You just, like, beat him to death with it. <laughs> <laughs> or you run up to the wall. Like, you beat him, and then when he starts to flash, like he's ready to zap at you, then you run to the wall, grab the phone, hold the receiver up, and then he gets, like, thrown into it. And he could have just made it into one of those awesome cutscenes like they've been doing with the rest of the game, so. I'm surprised they didn't, like, have him, like, sh- f- like attack someone as a lightning bolt, and then you just, like, capture him in a mm-hmm. bottle. Yeah, so that was pretty much what it was. Instead of a bottle, it was a phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should probably put a wrap on this one and move on to the third. Yep. We're going to have a... Yep. We finally move on to the creme de la creme, the uh, the main all-star, Castlevania Three. Oh. Ivan, Ivan, can you give us the introduction? Absolutely, I can. Of course, I wasn't expecting you to pitch it to me, so it's going to take a few seconds for the... Hold on, hold on. I'm going to see if I can find the uh, the music. Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. During 15th century Europe, there lived a person named Dracula. He practiced sorcery. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nope. Fuck you, it's rolling! (laughs) He practiced sorcery in order to create a bad world filled with evil. 
he began taking over the continent of Europe, changing countries from good to bad. The good people of Europe tried to fight off Dracula, but no one was able to survive. Finally, the Belmont family was summoned to battle Dracula's vile forces. The Belmont family has a long history of fighting evil. The townspeople became afraid of the Belmont's superhuman power and asked them to leave the country. Fortunately, the people found a fight mighty Belmont named Trevor, who they had just exiled, but they changed their mind, called him back. <laughs> the curse of Dracula well, hold on a sec. has we don't, begun. We don't hate you enough to die. <laughs> the fate of Europe lies with Trevor. Oh, that's it. That's it. Like I remember the the opening to this game just seeing so badass with that music oh. and the screen that comes in in thirds like lightning flashes. And then as I'm playing it again oh. this time and I'm rereading <laughs> the opening crawl, it changed the countries from good to evil. Like, they really? tried to fight him, but no one was able to survive. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, not not quite as uh, as badass as I remember, at least in terms of the localization of the Japanese. But but did this game? Oh my god! Oh. Just top to bottom, the music, the same gameplay as Castlevania One, pretty much the same weapons that. But doing a mm. doing a going back and doing a prequel, which I mean. I don't even know if at the time like that was a thing for video games to do a prequel. Like I, I know it's pretty common now when you get like a popular game series, but at the time right. like that that was like well I mean I was twelve when I was playing it so like in nineteen ninety, but um, yeah like I I that blew my mind. It's like wow what a great idea like to go backwards and like show it from the be- like the beginning like of the first Belmont to take on Dracula. So. And the game looks great too. I mean, it, it plays just like the original, but the the graphics are beautiful. I mean, the first level you start off, you know, climbing stairs in a church. Mm-hmm. And you got the stained glass all over the place. Yeah, the backgrounds just... look fantastic. Uh, pretty much like the same look, the same design as the first Castlevania game, but you can tell that they put a they put more detail into this one. Right. Yeah, and I mean, well, it makes sense too because you're looking at the first Castlevania game was early into the NES life, and this one is getting closer to the end of the NES life. So they've pretty much pushed it as far as it can go at this point. Yeah, they had mastered the craft; and they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, and you could uh, even at the beginning screen where you get to enter your name right off the bat, you can give yourself an advantage by calling yourself yeah. help me. <laughs> I learned that trick from Nintendo Power. So yeah, I actually, when I, I owned this game, I owned uh, all three of the Castlevania games on the NES when I was a kid. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I got that tip from Nintendo Power. And let me tell you, you want those 10 lives. <laughs> Believe me. Because <laughs> yeah. holy This, this shit. game is fantastic, but tough it is hard it definitely uh had the challenge that the uh the other ones had on every every level starts off with well the game starts off with just this great organ music 
So right off the bat, you already know you're off to an epic start. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard the music from the Japanese version? Um, How different is it? Oh, Mike, you got to listen to it. I mean, as as enjoyable as the NES music was for this game, they had a, an extra set of, an extra chip or set of chips, a VRC6, I think it was, that you were able to have, I think, another three channels, and it just makes it so much richer. They have a sawtooth channel that I you I'll 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 point you in the right direction later. Uh, as I I can't listen to anything else and. Yeah, if I go from the Japanese back to the American, the American almost pales. Wow. Huh. I, it's, I mean, that that music is good, too. Oh, yeah, no. It, the music in this game is fantastic, but what they're able to do with the extra sound chip. Oh, wow, that takes me back. <laughs> yeah, Right, let's keep. Yeah, we'll just talk. Yeah, over this it. this game I didn't <laughs> I didn't need to uh, play it to uh, to get ready to do the show because I was well versed in this game. Um, definitely yeah. with the tip of help me to give me 10, 10 lives. Uh, I actually beat this game when I owned it on the NES. You did? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Without, without say say it's old school way. Like I said, a little bit of help from Nintendo Power with the ten life cheat code, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got through it. And in fact, before I was at finished with the NES, because um, I made the grave mistake of uh, all the uh, video game consoles that I owned in my youth, when the new console came out, in order for me to be able to afford to get it, um, I had to sell the old console and the games. <laughs> so... Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sad about doing that now because I really would have liked to have held on to all my old consoles. But I mean, at the time, it made sense to me. You know, like if I wanted to get the new oh, thing, yeah. I had to get rid of the old one. Um, but yeah, I actually challenged myself with Castlevania Three, probably one of the few games that I've done this with. But um, the last few times that I played Castlevania Three on my original NES. I actually beat the game without losing a life. Oh, wow. I tip my hat to you, sir. I could probably not do that now. <laughs> yeah, that takes kid patience and kid ability for sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, like it was probably the only game I committed to doing something like that. But you got to realize what Castlevania meant to a kid like me. I was... Always, like, you know, from an early age, we've talked about this on the Graveyard Shift, that I was a horror movie fan from an early age. But the first yeah. horror movies that I got exposed to were, were the old Universal movies because they used to play on TV, like, at uh, not extremely late, like, late enough for me to be, like, a little kid and, and actually get to check them out. Um, so, like, my first horror movies were Universal, Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, things like that. And these fucking characters are all in this game. <laughs> Right. Like, so, to me, I'm playing, like, you know, something connected with these movies. So, Castlevania, for me, I, think, I mean, I loved lots of other games, trust me. Like, I was, you know, the typical fan of all the Nintendo properties, like the Mario games, all of those uh, Legend of Zelda games. But 
to have this game that was based on these classic monsters and you're fighting them using like magical weapons. Yeah. If I designed my own true. game, it wouldn't have been any closer than this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I, I actually got into the NES in much the same way I, when I heard about the Turtles game. Yeah. Yeah, as gigantic Turtles fans, like, what, what do you mean I can actually be Donatello, Leonardo? Holy shit, give me an NES now. And the weapons are different, so it's not just like, oh, we put on like a different skin, and it's like, oh, guess what, now you got like a blue thing on your head? Yeah, no, exactly. it actually changes how you play the game. Yeah, the, the, this game just had an awesome horror vibe, you know, great atmosphere. I mean, helped along in no small part by the music. Oh, for sure. But like you're saying, the rogues gallery of horror villains that you're fighting... The variety of uh, classic weapons, you know, the cross, the holy water. Yeah, I mean, like, taking out a bunch of enemies by, like, throwing a bottle of holy water at them. <laughs> like, that's... And, and that was the most powerful weapon in the game. If, you, if you're able to level it up and keep it... Yeah. Get it up to the level three... You actually get the little Roman numeral three box. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, and I mean, like a little, t- like you, you. There was actually like a trick to doing that, like to get the uh, to unlocking that. I think right. you had to break like ten candles with that weapon. I can't remember exactly how, you no, know, like because. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like break ten candles. Uh, using that particular weapon, and the next candle, the candle that you would break, would release like the the Roman, like the, and it actually looked like a little like slate with the number carved into it, right? And right. You pick it up and you right. get the double shot, and then you get the tri- you could do it again and get the triple shot. So, yeah, it was yeah, just just fantastic, and uh, and since pretty much like the same like along the lines of like. Uh, if you strip it down, it was pretty much the same game as the first Castlevania game. So I was very curious right. about how, when I first played it, how they were going to amp it up. And uh, holy shit, they didn't disappoint because, like, even though like a lot of things were the same, they really knew how to uh, keep the interest going for this one. Right, like you were saying earlier, you're actually able to acquire and then use other characters yes and i and i'm back there he is (laughs) you were gone yeah he disappeared when he was talking about ninja turtles (laughs) i thought i thought you'd notice as soon as this was like wait a second nobody got interrupted (laughs) mike's gone awfully quiet apparently my router just my router just decided hey fuck you i'm not even gonna ask i'm just gonna restart that's a good... Uh... Well, anyway, we're, we so... were just talking about the ability in this game, uh, unlike the first Castlevania, you know, which obviously played great with just Simon Belmont. In this one, you've got the Simon Belmont-like character of Trevor, but you've also got friends that you acquire. Oh, yeah. Grant. The... Go ahead. Yeah, you got, you got like, Spider-Man. Yep, Grant yeah, the Grant Pirate. Yeah, Grant the Nasty. Grant the Nasty. That's that sounds that sounds like a really filthy sex move. It really does. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna grant you the nasty. Or just a, a stripper name. Or <laughs> stripper move maybe. 
But, Are yeah. you ready for a dynasty? But even that, it, that, the way you acquire it, it's not like he's in a cage or something. You fight an enemy and you open the cage and you, and he joins you. He's actually been transformed, enslaved by Dracula. Yeah. He is he the you first boss you yeah, face? I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like a like a Frankenstein ish. Or is he actually no, Frankenstein in this uh, one? No, he's no. not. He's basically just like a, a bigger monster-like version of himself. Yeah, he crawls on the walls and the drops ceilings. Edge, and... Throws knives, drops axes. But then when you finally beat him, he's just like, oh, th- thank you for literally mm-hmm. beating the evil out of me. Basically, yeah. I, I'm a pirate dude. Let's fuck up Dracula yeah. together. And, I, mm-hmm. and, about these... and from that point, you... Sorry. Oh no! Uh, go like I just want to say, and like what I liked about this, you yeah, you actually like they're part of the game. It's not like you just randomly unlock the character; like they're part of the story. Right. Each character that you find, and there are three in all. You know, they they weave it into, you know, the general plot. You know, it's yeah. They don't really go too in depth, but. You know, each one is freed in some way by Trevor or whoever you happen to be playing with at that time, and has a reason for joining you. Exactly. Although you don't ha- you don't have to free everybody because like, you get uh, paths, which is cool. Well, that is yeah. Cool. It's uh... you, you can't actually acquire all three friends. It depends on. And that's really awesome in that you have, like, they they just thought. What could be the one thing that would be better than an amazing game that's full of, like, long levels, great challenge, fantastic music, good play control? What would be the one thing that could that could top that? Oh, how about we make it super replayable by having you be able to play the game with three different styles based on your friends, as well as completely different levels so you don't even get bored of coming back for mm. those guys? Yeah. yeah. Really like the did a great job to keep this keep the uh, interest going in this game for sure, um, and I like the fact too. Not only that, like you get like to use some characters, it's uh, got sort of a non-linear feel where you can choose your path of where to go, which you're going to get some different stages, get access to different characters, but then you've got like the abilities of the characters themselves because they've all got their their balance because they've all got their strengths and weaknesses. Um, like for instance. Grant and Alucard are, have abilities that l- allow them to access different areas of a stage that you can't get to if you're using Trevor or Sypha. Because we're, we're Grant right. with his climbing ability can climb some places that uh, that you can't get to, and Alucard can turn into a bat and fly in places. But just in, but just to make sure that you don't stay as those characters, they make them considerably terrible. At yeah, fighting. they're weak, except for. Sypha, because Sypha's magic powers are pretty powerful. Like, they pack a punch. But yeah, Grant and Alucard, like, their attacks are weak. And even as Sypha, like... Like, Trevor has versatility in what he does. And you can... Like, he can gather different types of weapons, so he's extremely versatile, even on his own. But even with Sypha... You like that magic? Yeah, it will run out. Right, and there's no guarantee that you will get like all the hearts you need to get by, and there's no the versatility depends on what the enemy feels like dropping. 
Like, you don't have sub... Like, well, your first weapon is, like, a tiny little staff, which turns you into, like, the lamest version of Donatello. Yeah, it's... Yeah, she's entirely powered by her, her magic. Yeah. Which can run out of hearts, and maybe you'll get uh, a, a different weapon. Like, me, I never did. I only had the Fire Blast. I could never get oh, any other uh, Fire Blast is good and powerful, but short range. But, uh, yeah, like, the uh, the freezing and the lightning were... I think, like, playing the game mostly when I used Sypha, the Fire Blast was what I used primarily. But uh, there, there's a trick. Do you remember when you play a boss where you play, like, a evil version of yourself? Yes. Yeah. Oh, the clone? I found the trick to that, and what you need is Sypha's lightning attack, because the lightning attack, for some reason, just shoots, like, two, like, balls of energy that, like, travel in an arcing pattern. One arcs upward, and one arcs downward. Um, when you fight, if you pick Sypha when you're fighting your clone, the only power that the clone Sypha uses is the fire blast. And there was a way that I found to trap the clone Sypha on the bottom of the screen. Mm. And then I just kept belting it with the lightning blast. And the bottom the bottom arcing orb used to keep like swinging down and hitting her while she was like stuck and couldn't attack me. Oh, I love finding huh. those kinds yeah. of strategies in these games. You, you felt so smart. Oh, like yeah. Badass. Especially if you're playing with friends and you're letting friends, like, you know, give the game a try and they get to this and you just watch them repeatedly get their ass kicked by the same boss. And then, and then you get to take the controller and say, let me give yeah. you a little tip, right? <laughs> let me show you how it's done. I'm not even going to uh, look. The, uh, yeah, what I, I... The thing is, is that, like, one thing I would have given to this game uh, to make it better is that you could drop various upgrades for, like, if you're playing as Trevor, that you would get also upgrades for your spirit companion. Mm -hmm. So, because if you're playing as Sypha, you can only beat enemies using your magic. So you can run out of hearts pretty damn quickly. So, like, if you can run as Trevor, he, he can use the web yeah. and never run out. So it'd be nice if he if you could drop... Or if... You, say you drop a, a, a Trevor upgrade. Then when you shift into Sypha, that present should also shift into something only Sypha can use. Like, if it was Trevor's axe, when you shift into Sypha, that axe becomes a... Uh, like, a, a magic spell of ice, lightning, or fire. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have liked that. Just so that you have more incentive to use them, because Trevor's a fucking powerhouse yeah. on his own. Oh, you can easily like you could beat you could you, you can, can beat this easily game without go anybody. through the game without using any of the companions. <clears throat> In fact, like that would be the easiest way to so beat I, the game. Uh, the only one that I found like a really having a really big advantage, like I said, was like the trip with the trick with fighting your clone by using a trick with Sypha. And then there's a couple of areas that are really frustrating because they're really jump heavy uh, jumping a lot of ledges while the infamous Castlevania uh, uh, oh, the well the uh, Medusa flying Medusa heads oh In yeah the, oh those things they don't sh yeah they don't show up for a while oh no you think that mm. oh maybe maybe you'll be safe but yeah. then they eventually show up there's, it's like, there's hey, one stage towards the end which is like very heavy jumping uh, lots of very small platforms and lots of Medusa heads <laughs> and 
It's yeah. very frustrating and hard to get past, but um, this is when Alucard comes in handy because turn into a bat and just fly straight across as quickly as you can. And you cleared it. Yeah, they, they had a, a good variety of levels, too. I, I liked the levels that the uh, the building that you're climbing would start sinking into the ground. Oh, yeah. And make it through. The- you're trying to hop from platform to platform and keep ahead of it. Yeah, you're right. Get- yeah, that. Yeah, when, the, when, the, when it just like the whole level just sinks. Right. Like, <laughs> right. And it has that great sound effect, too. Like, like it's actually collapsing. It's not just like the camera's scrolling. Everything right. is falling. Like this castle is deteriorating. Yeah. So. And how yeah, badass was little, it when uh, you get toward? Yeah, was it like the last third of the game, and you get back to Dracula's castle? I mean, back. You've never been there, quote unquote. And they're playing a remixed version of the original Castlevania theme, the yeah, original Wicked Child. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. it just felt like you had come home. You know, you'd completed the loop. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I had my own little trick for beating the clone, which I was able to find thanks to uh, an online tip. Is that when you're fighting your clone, he will shift into your spirit companion. Yep. As well. Mm. So what he will follow suit. However, he doesn't match you perfectly. He's on a slight delay. Right. So if you just keep shifting from one to another and whipping him in between, he will be stuck again? shifting back and forth and never have a chance to lend a shot on you because he's always because he's always shifting. So it's a slow way to do it, but it will guarantee that you always get the one shot in on him and he doesn't. So it's it's effectively stun locking him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking awesome game. Uh, all like the bosses. I mean, what what were some of your favorite? Like, there's one boss where you have to fight like a spirit that goes into a coffin, comes out as a fucking mummy. Oh yeah. And then when you fight the coffin again, you're like, oh shit, do I have to fight two mummies? Well, one is a mummy, and the other one is, I don't know, like a fucking Medusa or something. Like, what was the other one? It, it is just nuts. And there's the like three coffins, and it's always like one of them. One of them is a fucking Frankenstein or a yep. gargoyle. Frankenstein monster, right? Some sort of that was my favorite. Because yes, Frankenstein with a with a what was it? A hammer on it? Yes, he's got even... a huge hammer. And you could only you could only damage him by uh, hitting him in the head or hitting him in the hammer. I I couldn't quite tell which one it was, but you know, just hitting the main part of his body, which was directly in front of you. Wouldn't do yeah. squat, and he would occasionally run at you, so you're constantly having to get on this platform out of the way. And he would quickly dart away. You know, you think, okay, great, he's gonna hang out here, and I can just head head snipe him. Yeah, no, you get one shot in maybe before he's moving away out of your range. Yeah, that's where you quick quickly learn that the. Um the item you want to have for the Frankenstein monster is the holy water. Yeah. Just get on one of the ledges and just keep blasting him. <laughs> yeah, stun lock him. Yeah. yeah, best best weapon in the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, and did uh, any of you get to uh, get to fight Dracula at the end? No, I wasn't that well, good at this game. Uh, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, fighting all three forms of Dracula was real fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, well, yeah. It it started yeah, off as fun. merciless is the only way and I can then, describe oh, fighting he, Dracula. Then he turned. Yeah. Yeah, his his power set is confusing. Yep. At first, you just think, "Oh, he." Well, first he starts off. I mean, this if you fight this guy for the first time, you immediately get fucking burned to death because he surrounds you with fire, and you think, "Okay, I'm just gonna sit still, wait for this to end." Nope. The two walls of fire just to pin you in so that the pitchfork can be complete and yeah. fuck you. Yeah, there's a. Uh... Right. Definitely a tip. Like, there's a trick to fighting all these forms, but yeah, like, even if you know the patterns, uh, you know exactly what it is you're supposed to do to beat them, it's still a challenge. Because, like, knowing the plan is a lot. There's a lot more to beating him than, like, knowing the plan is a lot different than actually being able to execute the plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Knowing that he's going to do something is not the same as. The, anticipating how he's going to do it because the thing about the, the like the engine they used in this game is not like even with save states going through the same scene over and over again gives you an insight into the engine of this game where it is random as fuck <laughs> like you will think okay I'm going to save approach him and then he's going to do something and I'm going to go around it but the second you begin he automatically adjusts and changes what he mm-hmm. did the first time. So he's not he's not locked into a pattern of attack. He will just completely adjust on the fly to you. So that's like a testament to the programming skill of the uh, of the, sure, of the developers. Yeah. Like they didn't just they didn't just lock in. Oh, well, it's not something that like a blind person can do. I, like I've seen games where blind people can play simply because they remembered a simple pattern of jumping or running. Yeah. I, which was your favorite of the three forms? Um, there is one where he turns into just just mass, uh, mass of flesh that's got like five faces, and drips yeah, that was like my throws favorite. throws up blood on you. <laughs> that right. had to be my favorite. And you got to kill each face one yes, by and one. And when you kill each face, it leaves like a skull, like a skeleton face behind it. Right. You've, yeah, like you're not really destroying the face. You're yeah. just ripping the meat oh, off of it. You're flaying the flesh off its bones. Which was yeah. freaking awesome, man. Like, how freaking cool was that when you're a kid and you're, like, you're playing this and you're literally, like, actually seeing, like, on NES, like, you're seeing gore. You're fighting this monster that's, like, a bloodsucker by nature and then it's, like, turned into this face that's throwing up blood on you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's pretty hard to say anything to choose anything besides that. I mean, this lets you know these people yeah. aren't fucking around. You want to have like a medieval gory violent mm. experience with 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 an with an unyielding force of darkness. Exactly. You're going to fucking get it. And uh yeah. yeah, it's just like good all around. Like this to me was just the perfect game. And, um, yeah, I was a big fan of Castlevania 1, and this one, not so much Castlevania 2, and we don't have to talk about that. Everybody knows, like, the, the issues with Castlevania 2, but... Yeah, this was the spiritual hey, you, you can, success, you can listen yeah, to, really. 
Castlevania. You can three. listen exactly. to that episode of the Taste Test. Yeah. Oh, uh, this was a redemption. Like after Castlevania two, this was just an absolute love letter apology redemption. For sure. All in one. So anyway, guys, we're about an hour and a half in. We should probably uh, start wrapping this up. So uh, going along with the theme of the episode, let's go game by game. What Halloween candy would you say Ghostbusters 2 is? Oh, hmm. For Ghostbusters 2, I think I would say gumballs like those little individual wrapped gumballs mm. that you get which like they're kind of nice but quickly lose their flavor and become repetitive oh i'm just going to go with the old-fashioned molasses halloween candy you know the stuff just comes in like the orange and black wrappers because they're both gross <laughs> yeah and, and like they, they don't even have names they're yeah, just like haunted much. houses or like a, a, a black cat yeah. and like a sheet ghost yeah I think. What about you, Ivan? I think I'd have to go with Skittles, where at first I'm thinking it looks good. You know, it reminds me of something I like, namely M&Ms. And then I taste it, I experience it, and oh my God, it's disgusting. <laughs> I just could not stand <laughs> this game whatsoever. I don't know. I'm I'm okay with Skittles, though. I think M&Ms are better. Yeah, I, I I can't stand them. I teach his own. I realize some people love Skittles, but for me, they're just a tragic misrepresentation of candy. <laughs> um, like, wait a minute. This isn't what it's supposed to be. A great prank to pull on somebody is to, if you're having a party, put in like a, a bowl of candy, but uh, put in uh, M&M's, Reese's Pieces, and Skittles all in the same bowl, and just watch <laughs> the chaos ensue. <laughs> Yeah. If somebody like just reaches in and grabs a handful and think they have all the one candy and all of a sudden they're getting chocolate and peanut butter and some kind of like artificial fruit flavor at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> These they almost go into shock. Are misleading. It's amazing. Yeah. Your facial expressions <laughs> like Whoa, what the f yeah. uh, So how about Gremlins so, two? What would you say that is? Gremlins two, I would say to me, they're like rockets. You know those little, uh, those little like circular pill-shaped clumps of sugar and chalk. Yeah. Mm. Which, like, sweet, doesn't last very long, but it's consistent. Yeah, that that absolutely would speak to this movie or to this mm. game. Um, I'd say this one is like getting like a. A, ba a bag of like the Halloween chips, like the tiny, the small bag of Halloween chips, but not any of the good ones like Lay's or Doritos <laughs> or anything, but just like the generic store brand ones. It's like it's yeah, oh, the ones that are just like it's red, not great, <laughs> but I mean, it's still a bag of chips, right. and it's enjoyable yeah, it's enough, okay. you know. <laughs> it's not all that exactly, but it is still a bag of chips. Yeah, this one for me, I think, would have to be Tootsie Rolls. Where I'm enjoying it, it's got a nice flavor for a little while, but it can overstay its welcome. After a while, you just got no flavor whatsoever. It's just sticky, you know, unpleasant candy. And that was, that was kind of what this game was for me. I enjoyed playing it for 10, 15 minutes, but after a while, you're just going after the same platform. You're 
going over the same swinging ball and chain, same bad enemies. It it overstayed its welcome if I played it for too long. So I think this one is a yeah, tootsie roll. That's a good one. I had to give the Tootsie Roll song. Come on. <laughs> Fair enough. So let's wrap this up. How about Castlevania 3? What Ooh, candy you got? Castlevania 3 for me it would be going out trick-or-treating, going out, a gorgeous, like, just smoking hot milf opens the door, gives you a full-size Snicker bar, mm. and possibly a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good. <laughs> creamy center <laughs> yeah I, th- I think for this one it'd have to be the the best candy of all time the reese's peanut butter cup like the king size oh, yes that gives you a blowjob that gives you a blowjob absolutely <laughs> yeah. you just you know you, you get the really big ones you kind of stick your dick through all four you know and you tell your wife to go at it just <laughs> then she slaps you and divorces you and it's just it's sad. <laughs> And do you still got peanut butter cups? So. No, you still got peanut butter cups on your dick. I mean, it's either way. It's, you a, win. it's a win-win, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's what this game is—a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mike? Uh, mine is just that it's like a, it's like one of those. To me, it's like an entire box of the uh, the mixed Reese's things, where it's like little uh, bags of Reese's pieces, peanut butter cups, other stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Nestle's with some Kit Kat bars, like it's just this is like top shelf department high store. quality, good variety, yeah. top yeah. shelf variety store candy where it's all different, but it's always great every time, like yeah. a blowjob. <laughs> this one, this game, okay, uh, this is the perfect analogy for this game. This is the best Halloween candy that you can think of that partners itself with other co- amazing Halloween candy along the way. <laughs> yeah highly recommended oh if you have not played this game you are missing easily one of the best titles on the NES library for sure well, I was speaking about a blowjob but the game too for sure <laughs> that too blowjob the game <laughs> yeah with John as the last boss <laughs> Oh, no, man. No, anyway, no, would you no, guys come can't. back for seconds for these games? Um, Cast- Castlevania 3, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Gremlins 2, possibly. And Ghostbusters 2, absolutely not. Same. Yeah, well put. Yeah, I would come back. As I said, I was pleasantly surprised by Gremlins 2. I, I would play it again just you know, the 10, 20 minutes at a time and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Castlevania 3, all day long. And Ghostbusters 2 can go fuck itself. It sure can. Well, blow jobs, no blowjobs for you, Ghostbusters just, yeah. 2. It just well, blows. It, it, it doesn't need them. You just see those guys coming everywhere throughout the entire game anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with infected semen. Squirting <laughs> out of there. It's like, that's the sound effect this game needs. Every time you fire, have a little have a voice going, Gonorrhea! Gonorrhea! Sif! Sif! Oh. oh man my sound effect would just be Ugh! oh if it's gonorrhea it'd be more like ah! 
<laughs> yeah, that's a sound effect I was making when I was playing this game, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was gonorrhea for the eyes. <laughs> uh, so that about wraps up this episode. So, uh, Sheldon, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, guys, it was my pleasure. It's been a while, and uh, thanks for having me again. Like, this has become like an annual tradition for me to uh, come on here and talk about some horror-based video games with you guys. And yeah, talk mm. about something besides movies. Well, like it's yeah, our pleasure. Forty like percent. Thank you for joining us. Forty yeah, percent less yeah. conversation about movies. But, yeah, there was a lot of movie chat in there too, but still, <laughs> that's when when you're doing a video game based on a movie. You know, what are you going to yeah. do, right? <laughs> Complimented well. <laughs> Brought marriage to your shore with ours. Yeah. So hopefully you can join us again next year. It Absolutely. Was fun. And uh, yeah, and if you if you're just, you haven't listened to uh, other show, my, I should say my show with uh, I do with Mike, then check us out. Uh, just look up the Graveyard Shift Horror with Sheldon and Mike. Each week we watch a horror movie suggested by one of our listeners, and Mike and I break it down into the good, the bad, and any other category we decide to make up at the time. So, uh, if you like to hear Mike talk about something other than video games, and you, you're a fan of horror movies, check it out. And pretty much you can find us anywhere you get all your podcasts. You know, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, whatever, you'll find us. It's an awesome listen. I never miss one. Especially if you can't get enough of Mike. I mean, who can? Then... <laughs> There you go. That's another source. Yeah. And if you're listening to this on the uh, the Playing With Power feed, uh, just a quick reminder, we will be we have our own solo feed for the uh, for the taste test. It's uh, ta- the taste test retro gaming with flavors. So I think when uh, when we finally finish up the Playing With Power, we'll uh, we'll focus just on that since. We don't have that much of a uh, reliable update schedule, thanks to my co-host Ben, and uh, additions to the family now taking up his time. Yeah. So we're gonna have uh, to try to get a more stable. We're trying to get. We're gonna try to get a more stable update schedule for the taste test, at least. So if you enjoy this show, uh, you can now listen to it on its own feed instead of having to fish through the archives of Nintendo Power, uh, playing with power. Mm Yeah, Ben, somebody spilled water on Ben and he multiplied. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, do you want to hear Brandon? Well, message him and tell him to get his shit together. (laughs) Or if you don't want to hear Brandon, message us and let us know if this show was so much better. Nah, show ain't the same without Brandon. We love you, Brandon. Put down the bong. We need you back. Yes, missed you, Brandon. Uh, yeah, yeah. I only kid because I love. Anyhow. So, Ivan, do you have anything to plug? Nope. All right, so thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Mike. I'm Ivan. I'm Sheldon. And you've been listening to the Graveyard Shift slash Taste Test crossover. Halloween Grab Bag 2018. Woo! Woo! Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween, everyone!